This is the Check It Out podcast from the Moraine Valley Library. I'm Troy Swanson. I'm Tish Hayes. And I'm Joe Malarkey. And today we are welcoming um, Jeffrey McCauley from Sociology. Thank you, Jeffrey, for joining us. The pleasure is mine. Thank you. We are getting ready for our upcoming One Book, One College program on Giovanni's Room by James Baldwin. Over the year, we're going to be spending a lot of time thinking about issues from that book and, and the themes around that book, including um, sexuality, some um, issues about the LGBTQ community, and um, uh, thinking along that. So we thought today, to get us started, we would have a conversation um, helping us define um, some key terms and maybe ways to think about these issues and um, ideas. So Jeffrey has agreed to join us to do that. Um, so I don't know, how. Wh- where should we start? I think one of the best places to start is probably with the concept of identity. Uh, if we're thinking about sexual identity or gender identity, like what is identity to begin with? Uh, identity is just who you are, uh, who, you, who you are, who you consider yourself to be. Uh, so your sexual identity is just whatever sexual orientation you consider yourself to have. Your gender identity is uh, whatever gender identity you consider yourself to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, So whether that's a man or a woman, a transgender man, transgender woman, uh, how you feel about your gender uh, for gender identity. Thanks, Jeffrey. That was a great overview. Um, Would you tell us a little bit more about sexual identity and maybe provide some examples? All right. So with sexual identity, there is quite a spectrum of sexual identities that exist. Uh, Probably the most common uh, is heterosexuality, uh, man and a woman uh, sexually attracted to each other. Uh, But we also have uh, gay men and lesbians, uh, bisexual people who are often overlooked, who uh, don't have uh, specific sexual uh, orientation for one gender or the other, and then also asexual people who uh, consider themselves to be less than sexual. Uh, Just a couple of the many ranges of sexual identities. One thing to note with sexual identities is that our sexual identity can change over the course of our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, What what our tastes are... uh, develop as as we develop so nothing nothing is stable everything seems to be fluid and then when you're talking about gender identity um, could you talk a little bit more about that because that's also similar that it can change yes or I don't know yeah no gender is also something that's fluid Uh, if you think about uh, all of us are always changing gender uh, it's fluid. So, for instance, uh, I started off as a boy, and now I'm a man. I, I, cha- I had a change in gender. Sure. Um, we, pr- we, we do gender differently when we're around different people, when we're around our boss versus when we're around our friends. Uh, so gender is also something that's very mm-hmm. fluid. Uh, in terms of the most common gender identities, the most uh, obviously man and woman we hear a lot, right? Uh, but also uh, transgender people, so people who transition from one gender to another, maybe from male to female or vice versa, or who try to transition out of gender altogether, uh, would be some more uh, ways of thinking about gender identities, how people feel about themselves in terms of gender. So it seems like something that um, we should bring up that I, I think um, people may, that, that would be good to get clear on, is this is different than biology. I mean, there, there's a, kind of three different things. You're born biologically in, you know, with certain parts, but then you can be attracted to different folks, and then you can express yourself on these constructs of gender in different ways, right? There's these three, am I, am I getting that right? Three kind of interworking pieces. 
Yeah, the physical component, the social component, uh, in terms of our attractions, and then also how we present ourselves. And the pre the presentation part is referred to as expression. Expression. So uh, gender expression or uh, sexual expression. Uh, it's a performance. So just like in theater as a performance, we have props and we have costumes and we have ways of using our voices and ways of using our bodies in space to present things about ourselves. Mm -hmm. So uh, the way that we sit in a chair, the way that we cross our legs or the way that we cross our arms, the way that we do our hair, uh, all has to do with that gender expression, that presentation component. Uh, but we also have uh, expressions in terms of our sexual identities. How do we perform heterosexuality or bisexuality or any sexual orientation? But yeah, these three uh, factors that you bring up definitely influence both gender and sexuality. And I'm sure from a sociological perspective, there's all kinds of fascinating research of meaning and understanding, communicating these meanings in, in different communities that form... Oh yeah, and the cross-cultural comparisons are great. A lot of times people have a concern that, uh, that uh, gays and lesbians or transgender people is a sort of a Western idea, that it comes from Western mm -hmm. society. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's actually, it's not the case. We can see uh, cross-culturally around the world and historically, uh, we have what would be comparable to uh, transgender experiences or uh, you know, gays and lesbians and so on. So it's not just a Western sort of idea. Uh, so yeah, it's a cross-culturally uh, diversity. Great. Now, Jeffrey, I got a question. A, a lot of people use now the term LBGT as if that is one sort of like umbrella group or one group under an umbrella. How is that a cohesive community? Would you say? That's a great question. Uh, so LGBT, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, mm -hmm. uh, basically encapsulates some of the more common gender uh, expressions and sexual identities. Uh, now what's interesting is the first three, LGB, have to do with sexual orientation, and the mm -hmm. last one, T, transgender, has to do with gender expression. So these different groups kind of get lumped together, and we talk about their issues as though the one issue for the L's is going to be the same issue for everybody else, for instance. Issues that affect lesbians might not necessarily affect transgender people. Uh, so there is quite a bit of diversity within this you know, so-called community, this LGBT community. Uh, so there is a lot of diversity within that group, uh, but also there's a lot of similarities. Uh, since gender and sexuality are so related to each other, it just really seemed like it's a natural uh, sort of uh, companion to each other. And do you feel that they're all equally represented in, for instance, what, you know, whether it's the media, whether it's academia, um, academics, I hate the term academia, it just sounds too endowed <laughs> to me. So anyways, but it, I mean, do you feel that they're equally represented? Uh, my sense on this is no. Okay. Uh, Which is mine too, but I just wanted somebody to say it who's studied it more than I have. <laughs> okay. So the, the, more co the most common group is, is gay men. Uh, okay. Gay men are most likely to be portrayed in media. I mean, this is just, a pro this is just an issue in society overall. Most mm -hmm. of our fiction has male main characters. Most of our movies have male movie characters and sure. so on. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about LGBT people, uh, usually the example that comes to mind is a gay, a gay guy mm -hmm. um, because of masculine norms in the society. Uh, so, so the groups don't all kind of get the same play in terms of media. Uh, transgender people 
and bisexual people probably get overshadowed the most. Uh, okay. We'll have lots of conversations about bi- about gay men and lesbians, uh, having TV shows and so on, but it's much less common to hear about transgender people and bisexual people in mass media, although this does seem to be changing. Um, I So I recently just saw uh, Time Magazine had a cover with Laverne Cox from Orange is the New Black, who is a trans woman. Um, do you think that helps um, the visibility of trans people? Well, yeah, Time Magazine is a huge publication that has lots of reach. Uh, so I think having a trans person on the cover like that and doing a story is uh, good to get some information out there and good to get some uh, ideas out there and some exposure. I always worry about you know how things are presented and portrayed, and I haven't seen this article, but uh, having some presence is uh, arguably better than having no presence. Um, what would you say are the common misperceptions or misconceptions people have about trans people that, that you know we might want to clear up right away? Okay, great. That's a great question, Tish. Uh, the biggest misconception about trans people is probably also one of the biggest misconceptions about gays, lesbians, bisexual, and asexual people, and that is that our sexual identities or our gender identities is a choice. Uh, it's, it's a huge misconception that people choose to be transgender or people choose to be gay. No one chooses to be gay just like nobody chooses to be straight. No one chooses to be transgender. It can be complicated, though, because people might choose to have sex reassignment surgery. People might choose to ha- go on to hormone therapy or to have a name change or to change some legal certificates and whatnot um, if they have the economic ability to afford those sorts of things. Uh, but just being transgender is not a choice. Uh, how you go about being transgender is maybe more of a choice, but just being transgender itself isn't a choice, and that's probably the biggest misconception, I would, I would say. Great answer. Um, so, you know, talking about the LGBT, now I've heard LGBTQ, Q Ed, and I want to mm-hmm. ask you about um, the, sure, the term queer um, for a couple reasons. First off, just a little advertisement. I know you're going to be talking about this for the fall as one of our one book programs. Um, so I want to give a shout out to that and thank you for that. Yeah, of course. And invite our students and faculty and community to join us. Um, but also, you know, just personally, and I don't mind sharing this, I think I've spent time in my life trying to get the, not use the word queer, like train myself out of this. Mm-hmm. And I know that it has um, a different meaning in different communities where it's almost been reclaimed. And I, I find it first off fascinating. And I also want to use it correctly and learn about it. That's why we do the one book program. So I wanted to give you an opportunity to maybe help me, help us understand this uh, this term. Okay, great. Yeah, this is a, that's a good question because that, that term is used by lots of different people in lots of different ways. Uh, so initially maybe the word meant something that's strange or something that's different. If something is queer, well, it's kind of weird, right? Uh, so then it was applied to gays, lesbians, and bisexual people because they were kind of strange or weird or seemingly uh, based on social standards. They went against social norms. So that's why this word queer was associated with them. Uh, so then as time went on, it became a bad word. It was a, it was a, negative, a negative word to describe uh, this population. So we'd have playground games like smear the queer and so on that, that, that use this term in a negative way. So it was really a, a derogatory term for this community. Uh, but as time has gone on, uh, many people who consider themselves to be queer have reclaimed the word. And that's the word, they, they use the correct word, reclaim. Uh, and we see that this is really common in lots of minority groups. 
uh, we can see how many African Americans might reclaim the N word, women might reclaim the B word, uh, various different groups uh, can take back the words that were historically used oppressively against them to take ownership of that word. And if I can redefine the word in a positive way, then it takes away the negative meaning of it. Now, it's certainly not agreed on by everybody. There's lots of people who are gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, and so on who don't like the word queer, who don't want to use the word queer because of their, their association with this uh, negative connotation. Just like there's many women who don't want to reclaim the B word and there's many African Americans who don't want to reclaim the N word, uh, there's no, not everybody is going to do it. Uh, probably where you'll see the word queer used the most in a positive way today is in academia, academics, in uh, higher education. Oh, you know, and so I've got to get over that word. <laughs> Clearly, I've got my issues with the A words. Oh, my goodness. But in, in higher education, uh, there's a... I won't get too technical, but there's a whole field of queer theory, uh, yes. which which isn't just, uh, it's kind of misleading. It's not actually a queer a theory of lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender people. It's this theory of difference. Mm -hmm. So looking, mm -hmm. so using this sort of uh, historical meaning of the term, uh, so queer theory looks at uh, sort of how in society different groups are pitted against each other to have more power than others and we can see this along the lines of not just gender and sexuality but also race and age and nationality language and so on. Uh, so the word does have lots of different meanings depending on who you're talking to. Uh, I'd like also like to add, you mentioned also, Troy, uh, you first saw LGBT, and then you saw LGBTQ, and it seems like there's a, a constant addition of more letters. Uh, mm -hmm. LGBT was never enough. Uh, so we had to, we had the Q for queer, we added another Q for questioning, we added an I for intersex, we added an oh. A for asexual, and there's as time goes on, there's a constant addition of more and more letters, which I think really does capture the diversity of this community, mm -hmm. constantly having to add new letters uh, to to really cover everybody who's there. So we'll see lots of different groups trying to come up with new language that, that covers everybody without having to incessantly always add new letters. So it's an interesting thing that we can watch develop. Yeah, no, fascinating in how language you know represents thought and the more complex your language is, the more complex your thinking is. And that's why we wanted to have this conversation um, as a setup for our, our coming year and some of the, the conversations we're gonna have. So thank you, Jeffrey, for your time. I just want to make a quick plug for our one book website um, because we do have a glossary that's up there and it does not encompass every possible term you could ever imagine, but it, it covers a lot of what we've talked about today and a few additional things. So if you're still wondering, want a few more, you know, have some questions, that might be a good place to start. That's www.moraineballey.edu slash Giovanni's Room. And uh, that's hopefully a good resource for faculty as well as students um, as this year goes on. So. Uh, thanks to Joe, who's our collection librarian. We have mm -hmm. many resources that were that are in our collection being added to our collection and will be in our collection. Daily. We're getting new Hourly. Stuff. <laughs> yes. so, so with that, uh, thanks again to Jeffrey. Thank, thank you. you. Joe and Tish, and thank yes. you for listening.